Hey, how are you? Good. I got it to work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get back into my place. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Doku Podcast, aka Let's Talk About It. Today, I have Miss Juden Juan here. She's an amazing actress. How are you? I'm doing good. As good as I can be yeah. during this time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy out there, man. And I can't believe people don't want to wear their masks either. Like, it, it's not like it's something hard to do or it's a hassle. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's funny because during the the um, the pandemic back in, I think it was 1918 with the Spanish, you know, the pandemic a mm-hmm. hundred years ago. The same rules apply then as they do now. Nothing's changed. You know, wear your mask, social distance, wash your hands. And for some reason now in this day and age, it just seems like wearing a mask is a political statement. And they didn't have that back then. So I don't know. The mindsets of people today are so different than what it was back then. But they were able to do it back then. And for some reason, they can't do it now. Yeah, well, I feel like there's always going to be some some rebels without a cause. You know, like, I feel like, and this is just a prime example, like I said, wearing a mask is not something that's very demanding. You know, I hardly even remember it's there. You know, I can see if, yeah. I can see if they said, well, you have to get tested before you go to into a store. Now, that I would have a problem with. But right. wearing a mask is no big deal. I was watching this video and one of the Karens actually wanted to go into a Walmart and they wouldn't mm-hmm. let her in. Um, I don't know about California, but in Dallas, you cannot go anywhere without a mask. And it's a $500 fine. And they wouldn't let her in. And they were like, why don't you just wear a mask, ma'am? And she was like, I'm not joining your cult. And I'm like... Yeah, I. if you think about the hardships that people have faced, if you compare wearing a mask to some of the things that people have gone through in the past, historically, it, it, the way they blow it up, it's, it's, they make it seem like wearing a mask is like going to war. Or, you know, I've, I've, I've grown up during the Vietnam War and trust me, if you compare something like that to something like wearing a mask, I just, I just, it's like comparing apples and oranges. I don't see why it's so difficult. Yeah. It's, I, I, just, I, it, it, it boggles my mind. Why? I, and it's, it's, I think it's just an accumulation of everything. There's so much going on, especially in our country right now with the, with the Black Lives Matter and the you, the economy doing so bad, I understand that people are frustrated and it's building and building, and people are just losing their minds. And it, I suppose wearing a mask is is just maybe a response to all the other frustrations that people feel with everything else that's going on. It's just a way for them to take it out on. I, I don't get it. I can't answer that. I yeah. can't answer that. Yeah, it's, Why? it's crazy. It's crazy. But let's get back to you because you're a very, um, 
what first got you into acting? I started off in dance when I was about 16, but I had a problem with uh, directional dyslexia. So rights and lefts and backwards and forwards was very difficult for me. So then I decided to go into acting and I've stuck with it since. Um, and it's, it's, it's another form of expression because I really wasn't able to do what my first love was. Um, but now I'm, I've been doing acting for so many decades. It's, I've just, it's become a part of me. I, I appreciate the performing arts and just the business in general. Although there's a lot of things in the business that are very frustrating as well, but you take the good with the bad. Yeah. And I mean, like, say for instance, it's funny you say disre- uh, directional dyslexia because I actually mm-hmm. have the same thing. Uh, it's funny because whenever I'm driving and my uh-huh. friend will be like, turn left, I'll immediately be turn like, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny because it got so bad. My friend was so str- frustrated. He was like, left. Right then, damn it. Maybe if I say the wrong thing, you'll get it right. And you know, what's frustrating for me is maybe that's why I have two left feet, maybe, because when, and it's funny because when people say stage right, stage left, and then I'm thinking, okay, am I standing on this side, the other side, which is your right, my left? I just, I'm a mess. And people always make fun of me because I, I lived in this one apartment for four years and they would say, why do you need a navigation just to go to the same CVS you've been going to for four years? <laughs> right. And it's, I can, I can go one way, but then on the way back, I, I get this roadblock in my mind and I can't, um, I, I can't <laughs> figure out how to do things. I, I can't put it in reverse and do the opposite. It's, it's, I can't explain it, but I'm sure you know it's it's like having a mental block, like a writer's block, a mental block. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you just keep hitting this brick wall, and you can't <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's difficult. It's difficult, and like I'm the same way with reading too. Like I see it how it's written, mm-hmm. so I, I mispronounce a lot of stuff too. That, you know, you get a brain fart. I think that's that's what I I feel like directional dyslexia is. It's it's these brain farts that just happen and your mind just goes blank and you can't figure it out. Yeah, but it makes us unique, you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I I I take the good with the bad and as, as uh I I tell you I would never be able to survive in Los Angeles if it wasn't for the navigation system. And now, you know, there's ways, there's all kinds of apps you can use but definitely i would not have been able to 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 come here if it weren't for initially they had the navigation cars that were in the rental cars and then all of a sudden you could get your own personal garmin and it just made things so much easier and now you have them on your app so it's it's it the technology grows for people like like me (laughs) Now, I have a question because I mm-hmm. actually want to go, go to L.A. in June, but, you mm-hmm. know, COVID and then the riots happened. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody in Texas is like, it's funny because I introduced, I interviewed my acting teacher, Gail Crowdower, mm-hmm. and I was like, what advice 
would you have for somebody that's trying to make it out there, trying to be an actor, trying to go to LA? And she was like, well, don't go now. Like, in Texas, <laughs> nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in Texas, you guys are like the elephant graveyard out there. Like, they say it's really, really bad. And the pandemic is really, really bad out there. Is that true? Like, you're in Los Angeles, so you can tell me. Is it a good idea for me to go out there for like a birthday or just a vacation? Would that be safe? I, I'm originally from Houston, Texas. So unfortunately, I am the my family is split between Texas and California, and I'm in two of the hottest spots for for COVID. Um, no matter whether I decide to spend time with my family in Houston or in Los Angeles, it, it's a hot spot. And uh, I would say, minus the pandemic, let's say the pandemic wasn't happening, you should definitely not move to LA unless you're prepared. And I took a workshop one time and they said, the three things you have to have uh, before you go to LA is a car, money, and a place to live. And I guess if you have money, then it solves the other two problems. But I know a lot <laughs> of people who who go to LA and don't have one, two, or three of those things, and then they just come right back or they go there and it, they just lose their mind. So you should have be prepared when you go to LA. Now with the pandemic, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, to go to LA right now because because of coronavirus, you can do self tapes wherever you're at. And right now, no one's having in-person live auditions. So it doesn't matter if you're in LA right now, because you can do a self tape, whether you're in Texas, Colorado, wherever you're at, even in Alaska. So to say that you have to go to LA right now during this time for acting, it's not necessary. Um, even shooting, they are shooting things, but worry about that when you get cast. Um, but yeah. as, for right now, self-tapes is the way to go. And I don't know how long that's going to go on for, but my agent told me they, they will probably be doing self-tapes. Be prepared to do self-tapes for six months to possibly a year. So there yeah. should be no rush to, to get out there. And, and um, you know, I, um, it was funny because I was in Belize for, va- for spring break vacation. And when I got back, to, I had a layover in Texas before I headed off to L.A. And I went to Texas and I'm glad I did not go to L.A. because they shut down L.A. on March the 19th. And I got back to Texas on March the 18th. So I just stayed in L.A. In, I'm sorry, I stayed in Texas for four months. And I did self-tapes and I did a couple of shoots from my own iPhone. Um, so you don't have to be in L.A. I, I was able to do that in Texas for four months. And then I just got so frustrated with everything that was going on with people and society. And I said, you know, I need a break from this. And, and I went to Alaska for about a week and a half just to get closer to nature and animals and away from all the things that were just depressing me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, boy, I tell you, it's, it's, it's been a really weird six months, really weird. Yeah. And I wasn't even talking about going to LA for acting. I just wanted to take a vacation. 
But I guess that's <laughs> out of the question now, is it? <laughs> yeah, you know, you can I you can go to LA for vacation, but nothing's open. I don't I mean uh, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to do the TMZ tour. I wanted to go to the wax museum. You know, I wanted to go to all that, but I don't think anything's open right now. They 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 have shut down LA for a second time. They have shut it down. Yeah. Um so they shut down museums and movie theaters and hair salons and but and, me, but good thing my birthday is not until December, so I can hopefully go for my birthday. Yeah, yeah, you know, by December, I can't guarantee that <laughs> things yeah. are gonna be any better. Right. But I, I would say right now, LA is shut down again. They they've rolled back reopening, so they're shut down again. So mm-hmm. now is probably not the best time to go to LA. And plus, um, I I've been on flights to get to Alaska and. There are things that you'll see on the flights that will probably mm, frustrate you um, as far as masks. And yeah, um, I think if everyone would just wear a mask, I think so, too. It, 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 you can curb this thing. I think this pandemic would be handled. It would be in much better shape than it is now. I think if we all just, just stayed inside, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 let's get back to you because we done turned this thing to a whole other different <laughs> I could go on about <laughs> <You> it <know>? forever. <laughs> yeah. What inspires you? What inspires me As an to, to what inspires me is to do what you love to do. Because I, I, I've always had an appreciation for life since uh, I, I, I don't want to say, you know, you learn from life from death. Yeah. And I, I lost my dad. Oh, sorry uh, to hear about that. About 20, over almost 25 years ago. And when he died, I really learned to appreciate life and how fragile it is and how limited it is and how important it is to, to do what you love to do and to live your life every day to the fullest that you can because the next day is not promised. And because of that, I, I said, you know, I'm going to do what I love to do and just stay in it as long as I have a passion and a love for it. And then when I am done with it, I'll find something else that I'm passionate about and do that. But the key is no matter what it is that you decide to do, um, just enjoy your life. So if it's not acting, if it's and I love animals, and if I decide, you know, I'm not going to be passionate about acting anymore, I'm going to start working with animals. I have to feel just as emotional about it as I do about acting. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as diversity in acting, you know, as an African American male, you know, it is a challenge, and I can just imagine it's even harder for you. How do you feel? We're um, and I think we're getting a little bit more uh, diverse. But um, how do you feel about the diversity in Hollywood? I think it's, it, I I think it's going to be much better now than it has ever been before and I'm and I will attribute part of that to 
the whole Black Lives Matter movement. What it did was it brought cultural awareness to everybody. Um, because now people are going to be more politically correct about casting, about, you know, before you had a lot of whitewashing and they would cast different races, you know, different people to play roles that were not meant for them. Yeah. You know, sometimes you find Caucasian people uh, or even in minorities, you'll find other minorities playing other minorities. And I think with the BLM movement, what it teaches you is to appreciate every person for who they are. And so, you know, you're not casting, you're not casting inappropriately. And I mm -hmm. think what it did was it made people appreciate and aware just for people for who they are and not just glance over, oh, we can just do this and do that. And, 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 and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful yeah. for all the things that it's brought, not only for, uh, you know, equality, but for cultural appropriateness, for just respect for other people. Yeah, because like... I, it, I because, like, one thing that actually made me upset is um, they're always getting white people to uh, play Asians. Like, there was, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Aloha. They got, I did. Yeah, they got Emma Stone, the whitest person. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> you don't get any whiter than Emma Stone, let me tell you. She played an Asian character. And, you know, all these anime movies, you know, they always get you know, white characters to play Asian characters for some reason, you know, and it's the same with uh, transgender. Now they're mm -hmm. starting to actually get transgender people to play transgender people because I remember watching a, uh, I remember watching Ugly Betty mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they had an actual woman to play a transgender role. So we're definitely you know, getting better with equality and it's all about being open-minded like I remember when I was in theater class, have you seen the uh, show Rent? I have not, but I I know the musical, the Broadway. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, the star is a Jewish guy. Um, he's mostly white, but he could very well be black. I mean, Drake is Jewish. You mm -hmm. had uh, Sammy Davis Jr., who was African American and also Jewish. You, you know, and like Mimi, she could very well be adopted, you mm -hmm. know, so it's all about open, you know, open mindedness. And I think that's why um, Linwell Miranda with Hamilton, he specifically hired people of color to prove that point. You know what I mean? Well, you know, what's interesting is I'm Vietnamese and I know sometimes people lump all Asians together, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Vietnamese they lump them all together as Asians. And I find it frustrating when they have a Vietnamese role and they end up casting a Chinese person or a Korean person to play a Vietnamese person. I find that very, it's, it's, it's annoying, but can you imagine? Yeah. At least they cast an Asian for an Asian role. So you know how, you know how, upset people can get when you cast someone of a totally different ethnicity to play an Asian person. It's already kind, it's already 
a little bit makes you kind of queasy when they hire another type of Asian to play an Asian. Yeah. But then when they go completely out of that, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like you magnify it 10 times. So, yeah, you know, at some point it's like will for ignorance. I, I believe will for will for ignorance. And, you know, I'm, I'm finally like with the uh, movie, uh, rich Asians, I'm, people are starting to understand that Hollywood should not just be white anymore, regardless of whether you love diversity or hate diversity. It's been discovered that people will go to see, I mean, look at Black Panther, the um, mm-hmm. first main Black superhero. That movie was the highest grossing uh, single superhero movie in history, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people get people just get tired of the, seeing the same thing over and over to the point where if they see a Asian person or an African person, you know, or a Polynesian person on screen, they're like, Ooh, this is interesting. And I feel like people are starting to pick up on that. You know, I, I think we, ju- I think we ha- need to have more minorities in positions of power in Hollywood for those changes to take place. Yeah. Um, we're not rep- underrepresented as far as um, just having them in, in the decision-making positions, the roles that can make a difference. We need to have more minorities that represent more of what the, the industry is. Exactly. And uh, my mom actually told me something because uh, did you hear the news about Nick Cannon? Yeah, about the anti-Semitic yeah. remarks he they, made. I, I... They took everything away from him. He has no income now, you know, because he's. But yeah, but like I was saying, um, Nick Cannon, I don't know what he said. I did not. Um, I didn't. Uh, video you know mm-hmm. but they said he said some racist things and that's totally inappropriate and yeah he got everything taken away from him i heard lionsgate was at- I, but i thought he was able to keep his job on that america's something got talent or something. No, no, they said they didn't, didn't fire him though well, he still well, kept his job well, well, well no he actually quit america's got talent a couple of months ago but uh, so it uh, must have been a new gig or something. Well, well, well see, he was on the mask uh, singer. But the thing mm-hmm. is, uh, Viacom, I don't, uh, you, mm-hmm. you know about them. They're a huge corporation. They own mm-hmm. half of the entertainment industry. And mm-hmm. Viacom actually owns uh, the network. I think it's CBS. I know they own Nickelodeon. He was doing mm-hmm. stuff for Nickelodeon. That's mm-hmm. what I don't know because he created his show. But you know how it is when you create something and you use a network like I created this platform, but mm-hmm. um, my anchor app still gets a cut. So I don't know the legal obligations on his show. I do know it was his idea. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how much of it he owns. Mm-hmm. And I heard rumors that Lionsgate was actually willing to work with him. But yeah, he literally lost everything and um Charlemagne who's a uh radio host on um the breakfast uh, club yeah, yeah he actually said something that made sense he said Nick is a great guy and I hate it happened to him 
but Jewish people run the entertainment industry. Yeah, and they- you have to be careful of what you say. And he was like, I cannot wait from for the day where black people can fire white people for being racist. We can't even get police officers fired for murdering us in broad daylight. And he yeah. had a, you know, he had a point. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. We still have a long, long ways to go. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't know too much about the story. I saw some headlines, but I never read them. It, but the last I heard was that he was able to keep his his gig that they said he was going to remain on the show. I'm not sure which show it was, but um, so I, I, I can't even speak on it because I don't know what the comments were, yeah. but he, he was able to keep his, uh, his gig. So that's yeah. Good. But, but I feel like, and my mom made a statement. She said that if we actually banded together and supported each other and did our own thing, then we wouldn't have to worry about, you know, others or or being fired from others. And I think that's true. I feel like if a lot of people of color actually came together, whether you're Hispanic, Asian, Polynesian, or Black, and actually worked together. And somebody told me, if you can't get a role in Hollywood, make one up yourself, make your own movie or write your own show, you know? Right. Well, the, you know, it's funny that you say that because there, there are a lot of incidences where minorities don't support other minorities. And Thank you. I, I'd have to think we're all, if you're a minority, you're already in the same boat as another minority. So infighting between minorities is not, it doesn't help us any. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I have family members that you know were Asian minorities who don't get along with other minorities, and I, I have to say, you know, in this time especially, I think it's important for everyone to band together. Yeah, and you know, and I, it's not about. It shouldn't be about us versus them. I, I just wish that we all could get along you know yeah black red yellow purple white i just wish we could all get along but it's 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 tough we all have um we all have a conscious conch conscious mind and you know we have egos to uh we have to placate to and it's it's yeah. it's hard we all have to share this earth and sometimes uh our egos are bigger than the earth itself. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of this due to a lot of ignorance, misunderstanding. Like I can't tell you um, how many times, cause my mom's a beautician and I can't tell you how many times she got followed around, you know, uh, at the beauty shop or there's a um, cigar uh, shop that I go to because it's close to me. And the guy in there literally stares at me, you know, and, yeah. I, and, and I'm like, dude, are you going to buy me dinner first? Or you like, well, my mom, my mom used to, um, she used to do nails. She was a manicure. She had her own beauty shop. So I, I definitely know, um, 
that right. part of it, yeah. They, they, they be talking mess, right? They be talking. I know they be talking about me because I'm so over dramatic. Whenever <laughs> I get a pedicure, I'm like, ah, it burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, men. Uh, I have seen men getting manicures and pedicures, and why shouldn't they? We all have nails. What does it matter if you're a man or a woman? If you have nails, if you want to get a pedicure, a manicure, you shouldn't be faulted for it, you know. Yeah, and I mean, like, how is how is the weather there? And you're in Texas, which at was it Addison? Yes, Texas? it is hot. Okay, it is. It is nothing to play with out here. Bring a bottle of water. I, it's well. What I read today was that it is about 84 degrees in Houston right now. But I heard that you're supposed to be getting some rain soon. Yeah. Well, our weather has been weird. Uh, um. Around this time last year, there was a tornado that wasn't mm-hmm. even a tornado because tornadoes are funnel shaped. This one was bowl shaped mm-hmm. and it literally yeah. wrapped around a city and it didn't touch anything but that city. It didn't touch anything wow. but Addison and nobody had ever seen anything like How far two- is Addison from Houston? Addison from Houston, probably two to three hours, probably two to three hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've heard of Addison, Texas, but I've never actually been there. Um, yeah, it, it's a nice, a lot of alcohol. I mean, uh, it's a city that's catered to uh, middle class business people. So there's mm-hmm. definitely a lot of restaurants and a lot of alcohol, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I heard that they were going to shut down in in Texas. They were going to shut down bars absolutely but allow you to have drive through um drive through where you could buy your alcohol and drive through and pick it up but that don't they already do that in louisiana they have drive through yeah yeah they did that in oh louisiana you can because texas you can't like i was just drinking a beer and walking to my you know walking and you know, in my neighborhood. And, you know, the neighborhood police was like, yeah, you can have uh, alcohol out. And in Louisiana, you can walk in the streets with a margarita. So, yeah. Yeah. It it just seems kind of odd to me. I I mean, I'm I'm not for it or against it, but the irony is that you can go through a drive-thru and get alcohol. But, um, if you're going through a drive-thru and getting alcohol, isn't that having an open liquor container in your car? <laughs> like, how do you? Well, uh, well, 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 um, you... <laughs> well, actually, what I've seen them do, because uh, yeah, they that some of them are open, but like if you go to places like the Rusty Taco or uh-huh. like um, a restaurant, they actually have it broken down. So they give you a small bottle of tequila and you oh, do everything I yourself. You know, so it's like that. So it's, some are open though. but um, It just seems are. weird that you can be in the, the driver's front seat and have liquor. <laughs> I mean, I, you would have to if you go through drive through and get yeah. your liquor, but then you're... <laughs> well, well, I guess they feel like everything else is shut down, so at least mm-hmm. we'll leave the liquor stores open, deem them essential, so people won't go crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Self control, I guess you just have to. Um, oh, it's 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 a tough line to walk. Yeah, because you're trying to make so many people happy, and 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 you and you can't. And undoubtedly, there will be people 
that are going to be happy. And that's with everything. You have two sides. You have people that will be against it, pro and then con. And no matter what it is, no matter how good something is, you will always have pros or cons. Or mm-hmm. even if something is really bad, so yeah. you still have pros and cons. Uh, yeah. So let me ask you this. What uh, are some of the movies that you've been in or some of the TV shows that you've done? I do a lot of independent films. Um, I I do stuff that is not film and TV as well. So I do commercials, industrials, print. Um, and the, uh, and the, I, now this is something I do that uh, is kind of funny, but I do a lot of true crime reenactment shows and I'm sure you've seen them because there's so many out there, but I've probably done about 15 different true crime reenactment shows where I'm either playing the detective, the person that got murdered, the killer, the witness, because I've done so many of these shows that I've probably played every character that's surrounding a murder. So that's something um, that that is on my resume a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, the last thing I did last year was I did Watchmen for HBO. Nice. Um, and this year... I did a, um, actually it's in season two. It's a TV show called Fifth Ward that's on UMC. Um, It's kind of a branch of AMC, but it's UMC, which is the urban movie channel. And season two is going to be airing very soon this year, probably either this month or next month. I'm not sure. But um, another thing that I do is I do a lot of urban films. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I see you did. Uh, I see you did a project with Cole from Martin. How was that? How is he? Cole Payne. Yeah. Yeah. I he. I did um, season one and season two with Carl Payne, and I also did I think one or two independent films with him as well. Comedies. He's 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 funny. He's a yeah. great boy. Comedy. He's. It's just great to watch him in person doing it. And plus, even when the cameras aren't rolling, he's quite funny. Yeah, he's so. a legend. I remember my favorite yeah. my favorite moment of him on Martin was when mm-hmm. he was, uh, I forget what happened, but he had did something stupid. And Tommy mm-hmm. was like, well, God protects fools and babies. And he was like, and I damn sure ain't no baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, he didn't even get the joke what he was saying. Like, I busted out laughing. So he's basically saying he's a fool. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 funny. He's very entertaining on 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 set, but he's also great on camera too. Mm -hmm. You know, improvisation is. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's fun to do a comedy with him. Yeah. Now, who's your top three favorite actors of all time? Top three favorite actors. Mm -hmm. Um, Morgan Freeman. Voice of God, yes. <laughs> um, I like Bette Midler. She's legendary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've never gone beyond my favorite male and female. So uh, off the top of my head, boy. Oh, um, 
how can you, how can he be your favorite actor and you forget his name? But um, it would be any character actor. Yeah. Really? Yeah, mine is Johnny Depp. I love his character stuff. Yeah, I like James Caan too. Oh yeah, James Caan, Kathy Bates, um, just anyone who can give anyone who gives a great performance is is a favorite actor. Um, anyone who makes their roles memorable, who has roles that affect how you feel, um, influential roles, any of them. Yeah, so many. If, so many. if you could work with one director, what who would it be? Just give me anyone nice. <laughs> so Stanley, so Stanley Kubrick is off the list, definitely. You know, you know what? Um, I like I I I like directors that you know how as an actor when you're doing a scene and the minute you finish the scene you stop and you think oh I should have done it differently or oh that yes. was good you you doubt and you question whether or not I like working with a director where I can turn to him and say you know I don't feel good about this and he says no you got it I got what I wanted it's perfect you're fine and if they can put my mind at ease about that, then that's the person. If if I if I feel like I can trust them to say, you know what, you got it, it's good, then that's the person I want to work with. Mm-hmm. Because I tell you, as as an actor, you have so much self doubt about, did I do it right? Did I do it good? And and the director is really the person that says you got it, and then you can move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, sometimes you'll work with a director. And they're not even sure, and then it makes you not sure, and and yeah, you know, I I like a director who's confident. Yeah, what's your top three movies? I'm a horror fan. Me too. So, I, I people may not know that, but uh, I'm I like anything that's horror. So I would have to say my top three are horror movies. What are the they? Exorcist? Oh, that's the a legendary movie, man. In fact, I was wearing my Exorcist T-shirt last night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Halloween. Um, those are my top two horror movies. But boy, I there's so many. I can't tell um, you my top and, three. And, and there's some. Uh, I like Seven. I like serial killer movies too, like those type of. No, I never yeah. heard of Seven. What's that about? Um, with Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. It's called Seven. It's called Seven, the one where the seven deadly sins. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that one a lot, too. Yeah. Have you I seen... should have more lighthearted stuff on my list, but I'm, I'm hey. kind of deep. I'm deeper into the dark stuff. Hey, you like so. what you like. Have you seen The Witch? I have seen it. It's a it's, weird one. It reminds me of Hereditary. I, th- I think the same director did it. Hereditary and no, Witch. No, uh, it was a different... Um, different it was one? A different, yeah, a different director. But I, what a lot of people don't know about that movie is each character. I don't know if this includes the girl, but I know mm-hmm. each character represents one of the seven deadly sins. Oh, in, in which one? Which? In, 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 yeah, in the witch. Like, the son was lust, because remember, he was going through puberty, lusting after his sister. 
Um, the father was pride because he was too prideful to go back to the, uh, you know, to the colony. The mm-hmm. sister, the baby was gluttony. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. He literally based the characters oh. off of the, and the movie took him years to make because yeah. he wanted to get it accurately right. Like he wanted the accent. That's interesting because I saw that movie and I just, I thought. Yeah, the accent. I just thought, I said, wow, what a, what a, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that movie Midsummer. Now, Midsummer. Like I, I left. Yeah. I left that theater just being mad. <laughs> I was disgusted and mad at the same time. Yeah. Midsummer's a very disturbing film. Yeah, it's definitely one of those films where you have to watch more than twice. And mm-hmm. the guy that made Hereditary, he actually made Midsummer. And um he said Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Because I thought it was Witch. Yeah, no. And, 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 and Hereditary, he, but it's Midsummer. Yeah, and uh, I actually wanna watch it again because I got a chance to listen to an interview he did about it. And he said when you think about it the girl and the guys are literally in two separate movies. He said he had just broken up with his girlfriend. And so he wanted to make a revenge breakup movie with a twist. And yeah. And he said he got inspiration from uh, the wizard of Oz and he likes to look at it as kind of a twisted, you know, version of the, a little bit because he was a huge, her boyfriend was a huge jerk to her. You know, in that movie, he was not a good boyfriend at all. And, yeah. you know, at the end, you know, she was finally, you know, she was finally free. It's definitely one of those movies where you have to, like, have much. I have not seen that. I'm not really big on action movies. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen that. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. Sucker Punch is another one of those movies where you can't just watch one and go home but i'm glad that it kind of did you enjoy it did you oh, watch it's, it it's, yeah it's one of my favorites it's one of my oh, favorite people okay. people rag on it and hate it so much but mm-hmm. it's just because they don't get it <laughs> but yeah. no. well you know what you were saying about the seven deadly sins in which i did not know that at all and it it's it's very fat interesting that you told me that i, I didn't i didn't know that backstory on it yeah. And like, say, for instance, with um, Midsummer, when you said uh, it made you angry, I think that's what uh, art in general, whether it's mm-hmm. acting, painting, dancing, I think that's what it's all about. You shouldn't be able to go to a movie or an opera or a dance or a, a paint show, art show, and come out on the other end the same way. Art is supposed to provoke emotion you know like i saw um kingsman secret service the first one and mm-hmm. i wanted to fight some ninjas after <laughs> i left that movie you yeah. know so you know i and and i think like we as artists are essential and i think we're very important to the community in general yeah. you know we're, we're like the perfect distraction Especially you know, the now. perfect release. Yeah. That's why I don't understand. Like, you have all these singers, especially. I understand actors because the studios are shut down. 
but you have all these singers with studios in their apartments and they're afraid to release anything because of COVID. And I'm like, now is the time to release everything. People are quarantined. We're stuck at home. Right. Yo, it's that catching um it's that catching tuna in a barrel. Yeah. You got the audience where you want them. Yeah, you have the hostage. You know, that's why <laughs> I really love the fact that uh people like Jesse Reyes and Due Lipa and uh Lady Gaga weren't afraid to release music, you yeah. know, during this time. I know Lady Gaga was gonna push her album to December and she chose not to, and I'm glad she did because that album is amazing. Well, it might be it might be um, a guilt factor too. You know, during the pandemic, they don't want to they don't want it to seem like they're ignoring what's going on by just going about doing their normal routine. It could also be maybe they just don't think it's appropriate the timing of you know maybe releasing music during this time i don't know it could be a number of reasons why people may not engage in uh normal activities are you a uh are you a jordan peele fan i am key and have you seen yeah have you seen uh us and uh get out i have yeah, yeah those are good movies too you know they are so talented until it's scary because I would go back and I would watch Key and Peele mm-hmm. and the characters that they play would be nothing like their actual selves, you know? Yeah, and you know who's also who I've worked with? I We actually we were not on set together, but he's also very funny as Phil Lamar. Oh, um, yeah, he's another yeah. one. I put, I put him in that category. Um yeah. yeah, those they just make you laugh. It's so easy for them. Yeah, to see to them it. transform like that is just a fact. And those those skits they do on Key and Peel are just every skit is so creative. And it makes sense too. Like um like there's this stereotype with women that when they think something's cute, they want to hurt it. You know, like, oh, he's so cute. I just want to squish him and squeeze him. And so they actually did um, a skit about that. And they dress up as two women and there's a dog. And he was like, oh, my God, I want to take it, feed it, take it to the vet and have it put down immediately. He is so cute. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. So if you could, uh, what was the best advice that you've ever received as an actor? The best advice? Um, I've gotten so many advice and they've all had to do with dealing with rejection. Because <laughs> um, I'm really hard on myself. When I have a bad audition, I'll... I'll mull it over and I'll think about it and I'll turn it upside down and I'll scrutinize it and analyze it to death. And, and the, any advice that anyone could give me is to just have a thick skin and stay positive and move on. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I tend to, um, I, I tend to, um, stick onto things and not let things go, you know that that easily and that's something i've always had people tell me hey you've got to let things go um you know it's done it's over 
move on. And that yeah. is, I, I know it's easier said than done, especially if, if you're the person giving the advice, it's really easy to say, but to do it is, is, is another story. So I think the best advice I've had is just when I've done something that I regret or I look back and I, um, the best advice is to just move on and stay positive and, yeah. and more, and more bad things will happen. So, um, don't expend all your energy worrying about this one thing. Yeah, my because it's not the last bad thing that will happen to you. Yeah, my theater teacher actually told told me this, and it makes so much sense. He said, if you go to a birthday party with a birthday gift, and you know you give it to the person, regardless if they're gonna use it or not, you still give it to that person. You don't take it back, and you don't respect anything in return. And this is the same with going to auditions. When you go to audition, you're saying, "Hey, this is my gift. If you can use it, great. If not, great." You know, because there's so what people don't know is there are so many things. Having a good audition is like one percent part of it like i was talking to this um uh casting agent and i you know got a chance to ask her i said so what do you guys look for above like everything and i was expecting her to say a good audition but she said we look for ease we look for the vibe that you actually bring in the room she said she told me that she would rather have somebody that fumbled over their lines or had a horrible audition but great energy and they would pick that person over somebody that had uh, the best audition they've seen in that room but they were kind of rude or they their energy was off or they were nervous you know what i mean yeah because because that the the things that you can't change is if someone has um if someone it comes in with a bad attitude it's hard to change that person but if someone comes in with a good attitude, they're malleable. You can shape them. You can work with them. Yeah. Uh, so I I definitely agree with that. It's not all about um, the lines. Yeah. Now, if you had any advice for somebody that's, you know, trying to be a young up and coming actor, what advice would you give them? It's a marathon not a sprint so don't try to go from point a to point b right away because if you try to do that and you don't get to point b you're going to beat yourself up and you can't beat yourself up because you have to enjoy every moment of it whether it's good or bad because it's the journey and it's an experience and uh, not all experiences will be good so learn from the bad experiences and try to turn them into more good experiences. Exactly. Well, thanks for coming on the show. This has been an excellent, you know, excellent podcast. We talked about a lot of stuff that I've been. Yeah. And, and actually I was, I, I forgot, I was going to ask you one thing, you know, I'm from Houston and the whole, and you know, George Floyd um, lived in Houston and they buried him in Houston and I was just curious, um, in Addison, how was the reaction to George Floyd died? There was literally two riots, a, a riot in every city 
in Texas and as well as America. They said it was the biggest civil unrest in American history. And not only were people marching in America, people were marching in other countries. I mean, you had different cultures actually coming together. You had uh, the witches, they came together. And then I saw on Facebook, the uh, Mormons and the Amish actually came together. And I don't know who told them because they don't have TVs or radios, you know, (laughs) you know, somebody hollered out of the bushes, hey, there's a revolution happening. You know, but I've never seen that before. Like riots everywhere. Well, I I I never saw it coming. And you know, the 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 weird thing is that the funeral and the the service for Floyd was in Houston. We didn't really have rioting. We had protests, but I I don't think we had that many riots, if any, um, in Houston. They were mostly protests. But um, and you would have thought that with his funeral and and wake being in Houston, that it was just going to go crazy. But I, I was I was surprised that it, it 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 didn't it didn't in Houston. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. But, you know, I feel like a change is coming soon. You know, yeah. just don't let up, you know. Yeah, I, I was you know, I'm 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 very proud of. Houston for I mean it was a hard time because I went I went to the um um when they had his memorial you know at that at that church um and I passed by there and it was it they were a lot of peaceful protesters so I'm very proud of Houston for that that you know it didn't explode into something nuts um yeah, definitely. But like I said, I really, this has been one of my f- favorite podcasts I ever got to do. About things that I've been <laughs> talking about. Talk- everything. Yeah, we, we've been talking about things that I've tried to talk about on my podcast before. But, you know, yeah. I can't really talk about everything with, you know, you have to mesh well with people and you know I you know I want my podcast to flow naturally I don't want to just interview and uh actor and pop up with so the Black Lives Matter movement you know I like it too yeah and it it was funny because um you know it, it was just so ironic that the George Floyd thing just affected everyone around the world you know and and I I went to the place where he was buried in that because one of my friends is actually buried in the same cemetery. Um, So I went down there and it's just it's so strange. It's so weird to to know that that individual is right there in your hometown. And I went there and this, you know, he started a movement and a just just everywhere around the entire world and there he was right in our hometown of Houston it was just so surreal it was it was it was weird you know just mm-hmm. really weird and I, I always thought that civil unrest I I believed that we were going to have a civil war civil unrest in this country but I did not see it coming that it was going to come from the Black Lives Matter uh, movement I thought it was going to come from 
the government, you know, from what was happening in, in with Trump and everything. I thought that's where it was going to come from, but it came from, from, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, which is, uh, which in a way is kind of tied in everything, everything that happened just tied in. It was just, it's such a bizarre time for all of us. You know how everything just it, everything just kind of dominoed and and snowballed into this big mess that we're in, and everything is is it's like a a spider web. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and you too. I better start grabbing some of these calls that are coming in because I yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. They're gotta get and, worried and about please, you. Please, when you start editing this podcast. Please uh, don't put anything that's too controversial out there because Lord knows we already have so much chaos in the world. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all, yeah. not at all. I'll put the truth out there. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. But no, nah, <laughs> you know, it's strictly for entertainment. No yeah. uh, propaganda here. <laughs> yeah, make sure like you don't uh, get any kind of, uh, you know, bring, don't heap on any trouble onto yourself, let's say. <laughs> Because, you know, right. people are, people are now today are just, they're going mad. You know what I mean? Just the slightest thing is just people are just, it, it's like we're all running around with like chickens with our heads cut off. Everyone's just gone mad. It's, it's like a virus outbreak of mental, social, physical warfare on each other. So yeah. you have to kind of keep and your it, head on straight. Yeah, and it's funny because I hit up my teacher for this podcast, and he thought it was going to be a Black Lives Matter podcast. And I was like, no, I'm here to distract people yeah. from, you know, what's yeah. well, not really a distraction because I feel like it needs to be talked about. But um, this podcast is supposed to be to inform actors to be better, you know, because there's information people give and yeah. also to get away from the madness now like i said if we like we brought it up if it comes up naturally in conversation yeah we can talk Mm -hmm. about it yeah well definitely i want you know what i wanted to do i definitely wanted to address what was going on today but also um i wanted to plug the season two um fifth ward so keep an eye out for it keep in touch with me by email and i'll let you know as soon as i figure out when it's going to air and everything and but you know keep Uh, keep stuff light as well you know, balance it out. Keep keep things not too serious, but not too, you know, just I'm sure we have a lot of good stuff for you to be able to edit together and make it a well-balanced. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, it was nice talk talking to you. To you. And, uh, you too. I'm glad we got well. to do it today. Yes, yep, you too. No problem. All right. All right, bye. Care.